WBEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another Friday is upon us and an interesting market at that. But kind of the interesting part, weather market, yeah, we're probably not trading it as much as we have been leading up to it. We've got outside market influences. We do have the weather in the European Union that continues to be a concern. But we've got a crop tour next week and harvest that is looming, not to mention some early chopping that's taking place all around the country. Lots to look at on this Friday as Darren Fry joins us with Water Street Advisories. And let's start out, weather issue, maybe not as much as it was even just a few days ago in this trade. Yeah, you know, I I still think weather is going to play a part. But like you say, uh, maybe that's already in the market. You know, we've kind of beat that drum to death on the dryness in the West and the major heat that was around that area a couple weeks back. We now see cooler weather. Uh, still dry, really still dry for the plains. All this wet weather going through the southern plains, Texas, Louisiana, maybe parts of Oklahoma and on down to the southeast. I mean, that's going to suck a lot of the moisture out of the central plains, out of the northern plains, out of the Midwest, down to it. Much like a hurricane would if it, you know, veered around the, the southeast coast, it just sucks some moisture out of the Midwest. And so, um, you know, I think that'll have an impact on grain fills, and I really do. But I don't know if we can know what that is or we'll trade it until after we get these harvesters in the field. And there's some early harvesting that is, is taking place. Obviously, down to the south, we're starting to see some happening. But even as far north as, as Kansas and, and Nebraska, they've got some choppers out there rolling. Yeah, they do. And the yields are not good. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of stuff that's, you know, 15, 20% below trend and in some cases even much worse. And you know, we're, we're, we know we're chopping earlier, and that's because the crops dried up earlier. So that's just not good for big yields. And, of course, we expected that. But we're going to hear more of that as we move farther north, especially out in the plains and the western Corn Belt. So taking a look at these soybeans, um, Darren, if we get some timely August rains, is it going to at least help the soybean crop compared to this corn crop? Oh, I think so. And I, I think especially... In the northern plains and upper Midwest, you know, where they were a little bit delayed, maybe a week or two behind normal, because remember, we were still planting corn at the end of May, and then people finally switched to beans, did some PP. And so those beans are, are later in their maturing, uh, their maturity, I should say. And so rains will still help. So if we get rains in the right places, um, you know, we could push on that 51.5, 52, like the USDA is saying. If we don't get those rains, even though we have cool weather, we could end up with something closer to 50, 50 and a half. So time will tell, but really the jury's still out on soybean production. Well, and of course, that's going to be a while before we get to see those final numbers. From a global picture, we continue to just be constantly hearing about uh, food famine, some concerns that they have with, with crop development. And it's like you and I said before we started this program, a global issue when it comes to weather and crop development growth. Yeah, you know, there's there's a certain amount of uh, weather issues really from South America to Europe to here. And, and even in China, there's been some weather issues and hard to get good information out of there. But I know they've been really hot. They've been dry. They've had a lot of, you know, pressure put on their, um, you know, electricity and, and just serving the different regions of that country power-wise. And so I think that does uh, affect the crops over there. But 
I think the bigger issue is, is how stinky the demand is. We've seen some poor economic numbers out of China over the last week or so. And so we know their imports for soybeans are down. We know they're taking less veg oil. And I think the, the trade is trying to balance. Okay, we've lost a lot of crop. We, we give you that. But how much demand have we lost because of recession, because of poor economic numbers? And I still think that's what we're trying to figure out. What about from a wheat perspective? Because we are, it's hard to believe, but we're starting to talk winter wheat planting, especially to those guys in the southern states. And is the ground going to be ready to accept that seed? Well, this rain's really going to help. You know, Texas and parts of Oklahoma and on east that get these rains, that's going to set them up nice. I would expect, you know, expect that wheat acres could grow there. Now, Kansas is pretty much missing out on this. And that's not going to be great for them because that's really the wheat state, right? I mean, everybody grows some wheat, but Kansas, you think of where is the wheat grown? It's in Kansas, right? And so a lot of Kansas is going to stay dry. We'll just have to see how that shakes out. But we need to start planting that wheat here as we move into September. And, you know, it'll it'll only be planted if there's enough moisture to get germinated. And I think, you know, the, the areas farther south are going to have that. Kansas needs some rain. It's going to miss out on this one. So time will tell. But I think the bigger story is uh, with wheat also is what's happening over in Ukraine, Russia. Russia's got a big crop, but are we going to get it shipped out of there, right? And so we got some maybe issues over here in getting stuff planted, but we still got some issues over there of what will be marketed, what will be loaded, what will be shipped out. So uh, just a lot of uncertainty in the market right now, and that's why we see such a uh, flux of higher prices and lower prices, higher, real choppy, you know, and it's really hard to get a trend going in a market like that. Yesterday and the day before, I got the chance to talk to an ag economist who has uh, fled Ukraine with her two children, and and she made the comment about they're getting this grain moved out, but now they're seeing the the Russian allies um, in some of those countries denying wheat or grain in general from Ukraine. She says that's putting a little bit of extra pressure on those folks who want to get that grain shipped out of country. Yeah, I think I think you're going to continue to see um, a plethora of challenges with that it's just not going to function like it did prior to the invasion on february 23rd and and so you'll have this ongoing bits of information coming out but to think that they're going to expand and do anything close to what they've been doing i think is a pipe dream i think they will get some out but it will never return to what it was at least not in the short term which is going to make it interesting when we look at the global food pressure that you and i had just talked about Oh, yes, for sure. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up on this Friday afternoon as we continue here with the Fontenelle Final Bell. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, macro indicators, the stock market, and some of those other outside market influences, which may be affecting the way we see this market trade. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label director VN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry with Water Street Advisories. And 
front half, you know, obviously we were talking a little bit about weather concerns and just global crop concerns, but then there's a whole other side of the picture that we see in this market, and that's the outside market influences. Uh, let's start out, look at the stock market and, and how you see this kind of working along with what we see in the grain prices. Yeah, well, the stock market, you know, turned for lower uh, back in December of last year, and we got down to some pretty low levels that were signaling a bear market and big talks of recession, and since then, we've bounced pretty good, and that bounce has been really a, a rally in a bear market. But we're at a tipping point here. I mean, if we stop here and start lower again, the macro markets are going to be headed lower. It's a risk-off type of trade with the Feds being so hawkish around interest rate hikes to get a control of inflation. And I think that will put uh, pressure on our grain markets, especially in the harvest. You know, we might have a little smaller crop, Susan, out here in corn and maybe in beans, but it's really hard to be long in front of harvest, especially if those tailwinds that are pushing you are those bearish ones from an outside macro kind of risk-off trade. So I think that has to be considered. Now, if we just spin around and close the S&P, the E-mini above 4,600, hey, I'm wrong about that. Now it's risk-on and we go higher and that will provide support for our market. So we got to work to to see how these things uh, end up because we're interconnected. I mean, these markets trade individually, but they're affected by so many other things. And one of those other things that they're really affected by is is what's going to happen with with dry down costs, whether it's propane, natural gas, or electricity that you're using. I mean, there's going to be lots that's going to affect this bottom line yet on this crop. Oh, yeah. The farmer's bottom line is not only affected by the price of corn and beans, but those input costs have skyrocketed over the last two years. And one of those is natural gas. Obviously, that we think of that of drying costs. I know out west, you're probably not going to have much drying costs because the crop was under stress. It's drying down quick and maybe will be completely, you know, number two corn or close to it when people finally harvest around, you know, 17% or under and they can go straight in the bin with it. But you know, out east where we have a better crop and it's been wetter, uh, we're going to have dry down costs. And obviously natural gas relates to that with LP costs. But I think the bigger picture for the farmer is, is we've seen shortages in Europe and we know that President Putin could weaponize something like the energy market, natural gas to get sanctions dropped. And if you look at that, I mean, that could be something that causes huge shortages for nitrogen. Uh, not just over there, but also over here. And so can you get the nitrogen you need for the corn crop next year? And then if you can, what costs will that be? So that's a big deal for farmers as we enter the 23 growing season. And we focus a lot on what's happening on, um, from a grain perspective. But if we flip the page, livestock side, uh, we've got a lot of cattle guys out there that are closely watching this grain production, knowing they need the feedstuff to get through the winter months. Yeah, they really do, especially out west. You know, you got ethanol and livestock, and it's located out there because of the poor basis that we normally have. Um, you know, many, many years ago, that was the case. But once ethanol came in, we've seen a strengthening that basis for a good, you know, last 20 years, let's say. And, and boy, the last couple, it's been really strong, and end users are going to have to fight for that grain. And I think basis is really going to strengthen, especially west of the Mississippi, as we get further west of the Missouri even. And so a guy's got to get that secured. But in addition to that, uh, I do think prices can go higher. I'm not bearish corn past harvest. Um, we'll see what demand is, but I think the European problem is a big one. I think China's got some issues. 
And I think the Brazilian, you know, safrina corn crop will be all gone by October. So I think the U.S. will be that, that grocery store for world corn. So we'll see what exports do, but I'm kind of bullish on exports for corn as we move into 23. All right, it's mid-August. Darren, what type of conversations are you having with producers before they jump in that combine? Well, I think these rallies are still for selling, but I do think that after harvest, and so get what you need to move at harvest, uh, you know, get it sold, but be willing to reown it. Uh, you can reown it with call options. You can buy it back on the board. You can do a lot of things that way, but get sold what you need to move. And then afterwards, be ready to store corn over soybeans. I think the basis will be the, the ticket to that. And um, I'm more bearish beans. I'm not bearish beans, but I'm more bearish beans. If I'm going to sell something, it's going to be beans because I do think Brazil is going to plant a lot of acres and chances are they won't have a bad crop again this year. So I think you got to play for that. And I think uh, beans need to be sold on rallies, but even more aggressively than coin. I think most importantly is to have somebody in their back pocket to have these conversations that isn't tied to what's going into the bin. That's right. Exactly. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Well, they can either look me up on Twitter. I'm at Fry underscore WSS. Or give us a call toll-free at 866-249-2528. Well, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.